Radio Studio at the George Washington Broadcast Center. Jack Armstrong and Joe Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Now, there's certainly no denying that there has been a lot of toxicity associated with men throughout history. Oceans of brutality, all of which is horrible. And some of which is why our species still exists on Earth. There are brave women fighting in Ukraine, but the images of people fleeing all seem to be women and children, while every able-bodied man in Ukraine is sticking around to fight and maybe die. It's not always a great advantage being a man. And toxic though we may be, we do sometimes come in handy. Bill Maher, once again, swimming against the tide of uh, a lot of progressivism on uh, the importance of so-called male toxicity and men being men and all that sort of thing. Let's hear a little more from Bill Maher. People magazine's search for sexiest man of 2022 is already over. (laughs) Last year's winner was cuter, but this guy gets women actually hot. So maybe now would be a good time for relationship gurus to stop saying that women just want a man who will listen. Because Zelensky, he's not just listening, he's fixing the problem. Women just want a man who listens. Don't try to fix their problems. Put that to the test sometime. Go over to her house tomorrow and fix her radiator. I bet she loves it. When there's a noise downstairs, someone has to go into the dark. And most women, yes, still, want a man to do it. And if he doesn't, or can't, or won't, it's not sexy. Ooh, a guy who can't perform, I'm melting. (laughs) No, you want the guy who says, I don't need a ride, I need ammunition. That's some good stuff. Yeah, it is. Yeah, it is. Everything's got to be so grossly oversimplified, especially in the Twitterverse, I guess. But the idea that, and, and this is, this is going to take like folks like 10 whole seconds. So I hope you can pay attention. The idea that there are aspects of masculinity that are invaluable, that if they're there in excess are too much and we probably ought to reel it back. That idea is too subtle for people to consider. That the positives can become negatives if they're excessive? We get that. But instead, they go with this idiotic notion that the positives aren't positive because occasionally it gets excessive. I just, I don't know. (laughs) He's on a roll. Let's hear a little more. Researchers have found that Americans across the board are at a 30-year low for sex. Half of Americans don't even have it once a month. Since the 1980s, American men have literally been losing their testosterone, with average levels declining by about 1% per year, along with declining sperm counts. One in four American adults have not had any sex in the past year, and you thought California was in a drought. And so here's the follow-up to that setup here. Even the act of just asking a girl out is now seen by many younger people as overly aggressive. There's a feeling that the attributes traditionally characteristic of men are inherently problematic, which sounds a lot like men are born wrong. Type the phrase men are trash into Etsy and you can purchase a slew of swag with that phrase on it. Women have come a long way and the vast majority of that has been long overdue and very, very positive. But maybe in this one way, you're a victim of your own success. You can win the battle and lose the war if you harangue men into becoming less like us and more like you. Yeah. 
Well, and and I think the reaction of the audience was telling there because, as usual, when we talk about these things, the the crowd that wants that way progressive view of things, the critical theory view of men and masculinity and all, it's pretty small, honestly. They're way over-representative, uh, represented in media and way over-represented on college campuses and in education. And those are the mouthpieces of our society, unfortunately. I think in the real world, that point of view is a minority one and not a very big one. Uh, somebody has just declared it official that Will Smith slapping Chris Rock is the most shocking moment in Oscar history. Well, I don't know. I mean, when, when Barbara Streisand kneeled Marlon Brando right in the junk, that was a pretty shocking. Mm. How about the time a young Al Pacino took the eye out of Jack Lemon? I remember that as a kid. That was right. a gouge his eye right out. Wow, dude. I uh, I did notice I was watching MSNBC this morning when I first got up, and they didn't touch on it at all. They were Ukraine right off the bat, and, and uh, Mika Brzezinski even made a sly comment about some competitors are talking about things that don't matter, but this is the most important story in the world. She's absolutely right about that, uh, no doubt about it. And I just saw a, a CNN thing burble up on one of the hosts was act about it and said, I'm not going to discuss this while Ukraine is going on. So. Well, you know, I get that. At the same time, it's okay to lighten up. How many of you, how many of us live our lives never lightening the mood? Come on. It's okay. It's all right. Uh, What was I going to say? Oh, oh my God, a thought just occurred to me, and I can't believe it took this long. Brace yourselves now. Can you imagine the narrative if Will Smith was a white guy? How different the story would be? Yeah, yeah. Well, are you are you sensing it? It feels like feels like most people are on Will Smith's side on this. Just my very brief following of this story. Would you yeah, say is that I correct? Don't, I don't have any idea. Uh, I think there's a fair amount of sympathy. I I, don't, I would like to think you know the world looks at it kind of the way we do. I get why he hit him. I might have done the same thing. He shouldn't have. He could have handled it better. Chris Rock seems to be okay. They've settled it. If, eh, if, okay. he'd, if he'd have walked up on stage and just said to Chris Rock, you know, in mic shot in front of everybody, so does everybody think this is cool? My wife's got this medical condition, and he's making fun of her hair. Is everybody okay with that joke, or does that just seem like a good idea to you? Yeah, mm-hmm. carry on, Chris. I think that would have been more effective. Oh, and oh certainly it would not, have been withering. And not damaged him in any way. Um, you know, it's uh, me of all people. It's hard to do those things when you're, like, blindingly angry about something. It's hard to come yeah, up I, with those ideas. I'm uh, glad he went with the open hand, though, because a uh, closed fist would have just upped the ante like crazy. Oh, yeah. Well, it would have dropped him, probably. Because yeah. Chris Rock I, looked to me like was expecting a comedy bit of some sort. Mm-hmm. Or maybe the rough side of his tongue or something like that. Instead, he got the right hand, the red right hand I for saw, uh, Peaky Blinders fans. I was looking, uh, what, what's, that, what's the term? Uh, the red right hand. The red right hand. What does that mean? Yeah, it, that's well. Uh, you'd have to be a fan. It's the uh, name of the theme song to the show oh, that okay. is played over and over again. Okay. Um. I uh, saw Seattle Times. I think had the headline: Comedians are are worried that Will Smith has made it difficult for comedians to do their thing. I don't. Know. That's stupid. That's somebody was assigned to write a story, so they churned out a thousand words please yeah comedians all over the land are worried will smith's gonna slap them down well i've i have always wondered with with roasts particularly and like that 
uh, that White House Correspondents' Dinner, but it's it become that way with the Golden Globes and Ricky Gervais and Chris Rock's always been this way. Are you? Do you just? There's no limit to how far you're you're allowed to go in insulting a human and their family and their life's work, and they're supposed to just throw back their head with laughter. Anything right. short of that makes them a poor sport. I could not love Ricky Gervais more, but there were times that was just flat mean. Oh, yeah, just mean-spirited. And for some reason, the world reacts poorly if somebody sits there stone-faced. Or certainly if you got up and left, you'd be seen as, like, weak or something like that. Have a sense of humor. Why am I supposed to sit here and laugh at somebody insulting me and my family? Why is that? Why is that? Why am I supposed to do that? I've never quite gotten that. It's show business. And I wonder if that's going to... Like, take it down maybe a couple percentages that somebody actually got up out of the crowd and came and whacked the person making the joke? I don't know. I don't know. I've wanted to slap virtually every uh, presenter on the Oscars for the last 10 years. So (laughs) I don't know if it'll make any difference at all. I think Chris Rock is probably going to form some hilarious comedy out of this. Chris Rock is 57 years old, which is a little old. To be on the. He's a little guy. Which is to be on the other end of getting uh, hit by a big dude. Who's also in his 50s, by the way, so would it have been yeah. different if it had been, you know, a 25-year-old stud walks up there and hits him? Maybe. I don't know. What if Rock had decided to defend himself, throwing a counter blow, then it's on, and then security's the got to come out? Yeah. Yeah. Amy Schumer puts back on the Spider-Man costume and comes out there and uh, saves the day. I missed that hilarious bit. I'm sure it was <laughs> precious. <laughs> Um, you, can t- you can comment anytime you want on our text line, 415-295-KFTC. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. Well, the Russian military strategy seems to be all over the place, uh, and they've been having tremendous battlefield failures, and I think this claim by the Russian military command was a way to claim some success out of obvious failure, saying that their real focus is in the east. The east happens to be the only place where they've made some consolidated gains. Yeah, the Russians re framed their goals over the weekend downward from denazification and uh, getting rid of the leadership to "Eh, we're just going to run this eastern part which is good news if it leads to ending the war uh, well and Zelensky uh, you know I don't want to steal your thunder about the neutrality thing I got no he said look okay (laughs) thunderless uh he said look if neutrality is what russia's looking for let's talk about neutrality let's not have a bunch of people die let's talk yeah so both sides backing down a little bit which could be a good thing this is kind of interesting uh new news so i don't know roman abramovich he's one of your billionaire oligarchs there in russia but he is uh he's wanting to craft peace between Russia and Ukraine. He's been traveling back and forth, meeting with Ukrainian officials, trying to get a peace going. Well, apparently some of the hardliners, maybe Putin himself, poisoned him, tried to poison him. He and some uh, and a Ukrainian peace nego- negotiator are both suffering from suspected poisoning as of right oh now, gosh. according to a bunch of different reports that are out. 
he is this oligarch has shuttled back and forth between Moscow and Lviv and other negotiating venues and they've developed and he and the senior members of the Ukrainian team so both sides got it developed symptoms that included red eyes constant and painful tearing peeling of skin on their faces and hands among other oh, symptoms oh. so Putin got to these people who were trying to craft a peace and poisoned them sure looks yeah. like yeah Boy, he's got a cupboard full of nasty, nasty poisons he's more than willing to use. Got a history of it, obviously. That's wow. something. Now, that was in the that would have been in the very early days, you know, because we're only a month into this thing. That would have been in the very early days uh, when Putin probably still believed that he was going to roll over this country and take it over. I think those days are gone. And hopefully there is some actual peace negotiations going on. Yep, yep. Oh, hey, speaking of the early days of this thing, uh, this is even earlier. This is kind of the pregame. But, you know, the thing about the Trump era, and everybody knows this, is, you know, Trump had some great qualities. He had some not so great qualities, but he just never got anything near a fair shake in the media, including when he was criticizing NATO. It was constantly described as weakening NATO and hurting our alliances and our relationships. He's he's disrespecting the institutions, blah, blah, blah. Let's go back to 2018, shall we? President Trump told NATO Secretary General Jen Stoltenberg during a meeting, this is in 2018 now, that the Western alliance, particularly Germany, quote, is totally controlled by Russia through oil and gas deals. Quote, we're supposed to protect you against Russia, but they're paying billions of dollars to Russia? I think that's very inappropriate. And the former chancellor of Germany is the head of the pipeline company that is supplying the gas. Ultimately, Germany will have almost 70% of their country controlled by Russia with natural gas. So you tell me, is that appropriate? I've been complaining about this from the time I got in. This was when he was in Europe. Trump called on Germany to step it up with their contributions to NATO immediately, not 10 years from now. Remember, this is Trump who was colluding with the Russians, said, Germany, as far as I'm concerned, is captive to Russia. We're supposed to protect Germany while they are getting their energy from Russia. Explain that. It's unfair to the U.S. and its taxpayers. And then uh, NATO Secretary General Stoltenberg, who's still the guy in charge, said the gas pipeline from Russia to Germany is one issue where allies disagree. I just think that that was notable. Allies disagree or it's completely crazy that you're setting yourself up to be controlled by Russia. Your entire energy will be dependent on them. Good God. The world has dodged a bullet that through this horror of Ukraine, that that at least it looks like is over. That has come to an end. Well, yeah, that has come to an end. Whether the conflict has come to an end or not is difficult to say. It still has the chance of spiraling wildly out of control. I think a little less than it did, uh, but it still exists. Because, you know, if Trump had finished that 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 progression of logic, he would have said, and because you're so controlled by Russia, Russia is going to assert itself more and more, threatening the very things that NATO is supposed to stand for. And you're going to have an ascendant, aggressive Russia causing chaos in Europe, which was 100 percent correct. Bad news for drinkers from Harvard oh, and MIT. Man. Oh, wait, 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 wait. On a Monday, have a little sensitivity. Well, why is it worse on a Monday? Well, maybe, maybe worse on us... a Friday, heading into the weekend when you're going to get your drink on? Well, all right, let's settle on Wednesday then. <laughs> Compromise. Countless people subscribe to the belief that a nightly glass of wine does wonders for the heart and cardiovascular system. Well, new research 
from MIT and Harvard is calling for Never cl- heard of them. Is calling for closing time on theories stating moderate alcohol use is good for the heart. Scientists explain that any prior observed scientific connection between the occasional beer or glass of wine and robust cardiovascular health likely resulted from other lifestyle factors usually seen among light to moderate drinkers. I always wonder about this with any study, not just this one. That's always the hard thing to tease out, right? Yeah, um, they try, but I'm not She said In some cases, it's just impossible to tease this stuff out. In fact, the latest and quite large research project ultimately concludes drinking any amount of alcohol is linked to an increased risk of heart disease. It's a very, very long article. goes into more depth. So that whole thing that's been around for, what, the last decade or so? It was no longer now. Oh, at least. Because yeah, it was around yeah. when I was still drinking, so that's more than 15 years ago. Um, that uh, is good for the heart and cardiovascular system. And these report, these studies are saying, nah, that's because people who barely drink have other things that they do that you don't do, which I don't doubt. <laughs> they probably yeah. eat right and exercise. Shut up! Nobody asks you! As somebody who, as a guy who knows his way around the bottle, uh, very I'm just bottles, drunk. I, I follow this stuff all the time. In these studies, they come and go, they contradict each other, the rest of it. You're probably better off not drinking. On the other hand, you remember your problems. So exactly. What am I supposed to do about my troubles? Mm. Mm. And the fact that I hate everybody, and that abates when I have a drink. See? We're all better off. You don't want me going Will Smith, do you? No. He stops you from slapping people. If you miss an hour of the sh- if you miss it, uh, I'll tell you later. Armstrong and Getty. <laughs> The Armstrong and Getty Show. Will and Chris, we're going to solve that like family at the gold party. Okay? I've been getting out of that Spider-Man costume. Did I miss anything? So that was... There's like... There's like a different vibe in here. (laughs) So that was... Puff Daddy and Amy Schumer right after the slapping on the Oscars last night. And Puff Daddy's probably thinking, look, I've been shot at in nightclubs. Biggie Smalls, Tupac, they're dead. It's this whole slapping. What's right? If you got a beef with somebody, shoot them. <laughs> wow. <laughs> wow, dude. Oh, I tell you what, though, that shot of Will Smith follow through with Chris Rock's face going sideways is now everybody's favorite meme online. Okay. Oh. It is it is supplanted the guy with his girlfriend looking back at the hot check is the <laughs> meme of the year. I've seen Will Smith is labeled as Will Smith and Chris Rock is labeled as the Oscars not being excited anymore. Mm. Will Smith's whacking the hell out of it. I've seen um uh, uh, Chris Rock labeled as your raise and Will Smith labeled as inflation. <laughs> so by the end of the day today, you will see 1,000 variations. Oh, man. Yeah, uh, please send us your favorites. Mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Yeah. So are you in the mood for something a little cerebral? I mean, we can talk about two guys slapping the hell out of each other if you want. smarty pants. Yeah, brainy. Uh, I thought this is interesting. Uh, Jonah Goldberg wrote this piece about something else, actually, and it's it's ridiculously long, and it it makes my vocabulary look like a second grader's. The way Jonah Goldberg writes, I mean, I'm sent to the dictionary every third line. Um, but there's a couple paragraphs right in the middle of it that I thought, wow, wow. And a third time, I say, wow. It's about American exceptionalism. So I thought I'd read 
chunk of it to you. One of the most notable things, oh, he's talking about the illiberals on the right and the left who want to end what made this country great. Free exchange of ideas, competing interests, you know, free trade, free speech, all that stuff. They want to end it. But he says one of the most notable things about the illiberals is their system, systematic disregard for American exceptionalism. Many critics of American exceptionalism on the left and the right don't either don't understand or deliberately distort the meaning of the term. American exceptionalism as an intellectual concept was never the jingoist slogan detractors mistake it for. The word exceptionalism didn't mean better in the way we now mean it for exceptional students or exceptional cheesecake. It meant different, the exception. America was more religious, violent, individualistic, entrepreneurial, and irreverent toward authority than European countries, or even Canada for that matter. The concept of American exceptionalism was grounded in the historical fact that America has no feudal tradition and everything that supported that tradition. And therefore, our understanding of class, of government, of the individual, etc., don't line up with the assumptions baked into European or other non-American ideologies. We're different. Any understanding of American nationalism or simply American culture that does not start from that fact will run aground on the shoals of reality. One more little bit. As the legendary historian Lewis Hartz writes at the beginning of The Liberal Tradition in America, his analysis was grounded in the storybook truth about American history, that America was settled by men who fled from the feudal, feudal and clerical oppressions of the old world. Um, as he noted elsewhere, even the nationalism of the great nationalists of the American founding era, like Alexander Hamilton, quote, was legal rather than social. Defending a federal government by not embracing any, well, that's a fancy term. Um, long, long story short, American exceptionalism is about the way we see the individual and it's our relationship to the government and are there classes, what are the classes, class mobility. We just, we have a different culture and a great one, I would add. Uh, I just thought that was interesting. Mm. It's not a boast. It's a, we didn't grow up in your hood. We don't act like people in your hood act, and we don't like the way people in your hood act. Interesting. Yeah. Um, his good friend, Jonah Goldberg's good friend, Charlie C.W. Cook, is always talking about American exceptionalism, but he means it in the other way, 100% of we're better. Our system mm. is better, not the people are better. Uh, if you have belief that we're just like born better people, you're a nut job. But um, uh, our system is better and and, and go, goes through a laundry list of things that we have done better than other countries throughout history. And mm-hmm. it's just it's it's pretty easy to lay out. Um, you know, we, we have a short history, 200 some years compared to a lot of other countries, Germany, France, you know, Spain that have done lots of plundering around the world and done horrible things that we have not done. Right, right. Well, you know, uh, interestingly, I'm not saying one is right and one is wrong. I thought the, the Goldberg thing was pretty interesting, but uh, I've long supported the Charles C.W. Cook view, too, that we, our founding fathers, and then we, through trial and error and, and massaging it a little bit, have come up with a, a, a unbelievable 
way to safeguard opportunity and human rights and dignity and the rest of it. Even though we, we have failings, we've fallen down on the job. Certainly every country has, and every country does every single day. Uh, but yeah, it's the system is exceptional. The principles that govern us are exceptional, and we have to protect those. You And, and the, the complete lack of perspective of the American-hating crowd, the America-hating crowd that sees only our flaws, I mean, oh, how many of us, particularly those with the little gray on your head, or you would have some gray on your head if you didn't get it tastefully dyed? Um, how many of us? If only have, on my head. Yeah, at one point or another in our lives, taken a relationship for granted, forgotten to reflect on and be grateful for the good stuff, taken a job for granted, maybe not paid enough attention to that good friend. I mean. And if you treat your society, your country like that, your form of government like that, your culture like that, you're going to lose it. And and I know, uh, you know, America haters. That doesn't mean you're constantly beating your chest and saying we're perfect in the greatest country on earth without reflecting on it. But if it's dumb, I'll I'll ask you this: imaginary progressives, <laughs> because there are none in the room. Um, if it's dopey and lacking perspective to do nothing but to grunt nationalistic slogans and scream that this is the best country on earth and never engage in any sort of self-reflection or self-examination, if that's dopey, then you've got to concede that it's dopey to do the opposite, Mm. to just hate, to fail to carefully and seriously take a look at the positives and consider those and, and factor that into your analysis. I mean, if one's insane, the other one is too. The old switcheroo Joe pulled there. Huh? How are you going to handle that? Break both your ankles. My crossover, huh? Oh, by the way, did you watch that North Carolina-St. Peter's game? I did not. Where, uh, this this Cinderella story ended. I, I watched all of St. Peter's games after the first one. Oh, cool. He was out of town. Good for you. Um, I wished I, every time I saw that they won another game, I wished I had been watching. A, a 15 the... seed that made it to the final eight. Oh, yeah. Thank you for setting it up for non-sports fans. Yeah, I, I, I'm way ahead of the room. Um... North Carolina dismantled them. Well, they and, should have. Well, yeah, they should have. But St. Peter's had the worst shooting night I've seen any team have. They went from 40% to like 13% uh, shooting from the floor. But, man, they were plucky. They never gave up. Oh, they beat a lot of good teams, too. Um, oh, yeah. Beat them fair and square, too. Ooh. It's the longest run a 15 seed has ever had. And uh, at their opening night home game, they had 400 people in the crowd. <laughs> Wow. That's how big a deal they are. And they made it to the round of eight and just, you know, all of America, I think, was rooting for them except for hardcore Tar Heel fans. The mayor of Ukraine says that that suburb that fell to Russia a couple of weeks ago, they've retaken. So the Ukrainian forces... Mayor of Kiev, I'm sorry, the mayor of Kiev, yeah. Yeah. uh, Said the suburb that the Russians had taken from the Ukrainians, the Ukrainians have taken back. So that's good news. I hope there's more of that to come. Meanwhile, Mariupol continues to be shelled into, now the bigger rocks are turning into smaller rocks, because there's really nothing left there but rocks, and about 100,000 people who are starving. It's uh, really awful. Really, really, really awful. Never forget, never forgive. And the uh, drummer of the Foo Fighters is dead at age 50. He was hit by a bus crossing the street over the weekend. And uh, That's not... You should uh, look the, both ways. Look now. both ways, even if you're a rock star, is the lesson there. 
you know, Taylor Hawkins was one of the most lovable people in music. Just an unbelievably cheery and amiable guy. I'll take your word for it. I don't know his act. I like the Foo Fighters. And the drums always seemed perfectly on beat to me. So, yeah, fantastic drummer as well. Uh, Died in Columbia, was it? With about 10 different drugs in his system, they say. And a really enlarged heart. According to the medical examiner, so it was, uh, I think, eleven different drugs in the system. Did the drugs cause the heart to get bigger, or was he doing drugs all these years with a large heart and it caught up to him? Well, yeah, that's. I don't know. I, I'd be interested to in hear that. I, I'm familiar with a handful of humans, a couple of them rock stars, a couple of them not, who they found out that they had a serious cardio problem when uh, the drugs exposed it. You shouldn't do eleven different drugs. When you're 25, probably, but uh, at a 50, it's just, you know, whether you got in a large heart or not, you're rolling the dice, really. Yeah, yeah. Some of them, you know, were like anti-anxiety drugs and whatever. I, who knows? How do what they he all was mix? Was he seeing a pharmacist to make sure they all mixed properly? Well, I'm sure he was touring with a pharmacist. The no, recreational it's, it's a, drugs with the, uh, the yeah. anti-anxiety medicine? Oh, yeah, not geez. good. Well, and as we've discussed, here's your public service announcement. There is no hard drug, not a one, in any setting in any country on Earth that isn't probably got some fentanyl in it. And some fentanyl is enough to kill you. And did he bring those with him or pick them up in Columbia? Who knows? Hard to say. Some crew member might have gone out in the street. Dave Grohl's lost a few people in his bands over the years. Uh, Yeah. Uh, We will finish strong because that's our thing next. Armstrong and Getty. The Armstrong and Getty Show. One popular talk show host saying, honestly, Chris Rock taking an open-handed, undefended hit live on TV from a dude way bigger than him and then going ahead and finishing up there is the most impressive thing he's ever done. He was remarkably together about that whole thing. I wonder if being on stage helped if it had, as opposed to if it had been like you know, in the corner of a club where nobody was paying attention. Just the whole I'm in front of people thing. I don't know. There'd be a lot going through your mind. A lot. Oh, my God. Yeah, what a surreal moment. Shocking. Because Billy, half the planet's watching the Oscars, as you know, Joe. <laughs> Hilarious. Not so much. Oh, uh, I got checked. Hanson whispered in my ear. I got to check this out real quick. Another uh, one of yep, those that memes. That meme, I told you. Yep, so what's this meme? meme. Oh, it's too. It can't be described on the radio. It's too complicated. Um. So I just came across this. Tim. Tim Sandifer. Uh, Tim, the lawyer, as we call him. We've had him on the air over many, many years, and he hates licensing for various jobs. It's just a scam. It's a money-making scam, and it's also so, sometimes it's a way to keep the competition out. Sometimes it's just a money grab by your county or state or whatever. And there's a breakdown here of what are the most valuable licenses and the least valuable licenses based on what's the you know the likelihood you get money back from being licensed. Mm. Um, and the least valuable license, not surprising to most people who have been following this topic over the years, is cosmetology. They break it down on, like, do you even make back the money that you had to spend to get your license with your career, or do you end up in the negative, or do you make money? Like, the, the, the licensed profession that you make the most money for actually getting you know, a license to do it, that would be training to do it, a certificate to do it. 
vehicle maintenance and repair. So you tend to make a lot more money as being an actually certified person who does vehicle maintenance repair. It's it's a mm. good investment in the long run. And then it goes down little by little through all these different jobs. Medical assistant, similar, other health. And so cosmetology is almost 90% of people who get a cosmetology license are in the negative. You never even... Wow. <laughs> you, wow. You never break even on the fact that you had to spend money on that stupid idea. The land of the free. And then, just kind of coincidentally, coincidentally, because somebody brought this up, the return on investment on Associates of Arts degrees. I was going to point out my dog has a license and he hasn't made a dime for me. (laughs) hey oh, People who get an Associates of Arts degree at a community college, which I did, and I believe I've got my return on my investment and mine, but uh, a lot of people don't, and uh, different, similar sort of thing, mechanic repair technologies related, you get an Associates degree in that from a community college, you're probably going to make your money back on that. Computer science and engineering, probably going to make your money back. Then it goes down little by little, blah, 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 down to the very bottom. Liberal arts and English literature. Those people Hmm. rarely make their money back on that associate's degree. Although that's hard to nail down on something like that. I mean, the whole idea behind a liberal arts education is it just makes you a better, well, more well-rounded human. Right. Yeah, a couple of points. Number one, Michael, uh, it sounded like, uh, to me, like Jack said, associate of farts at the beginning of it. Uh, we're going to review the tape. Oh! More, more importantly, <laughs> Chris, uh, it's funny you should bring that up. I was just eyeballing this quote from Winston Churchill. The first duty of the university is to teach wisdom, not a trade. Character, not technicalities. We want a lot of engineers in the modern world, but we do not want a world of engineers. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And I believe that, so. Mm-hmm. Yeah, sure, sure. I think it's easier to nail down on the thing with the, like, the cosmetology license, whether or not there's any value in that. And there's not. Although no, if you live well, somewhere, they make you have one to work. Oh, yeah, it takes you hundreds of hours and, and thousands of dollars to get a license to braid hair. It's one of the great scams in human history. You know what story we could have reset, as we see in the business, that we didn't, is the global famine that's coming? Mm-hmm. I hope that's not true. That's just, wouldn't that just be the cherry on top of the last several years? Uh, yes. Yeah. Uh, the, the, the story is that virtually every single input into farming, from fertilizer to pesticides to natural gas to propane to diesel fuel to labor to, and there are a couple more, have skyrocketing prices, every single one. And supply issues, which causes the skyrocketing prices. Right. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it's a mess. It's time for the true international orbit of pressure. I, it, uh, it's, it's time for Flymatic Healthcare. I do. Uh, <laughs> it's time for final thoughts. Let's. With hamstring spaghetti. He's not Come done. Here, here's your host for final Come thoughts, on. Joe Getty. Hey, let's get a final thought from everybody on the crew to wrap things up for the day. There he is, pressing the buttons, our technical director, Michelangelo. Michael, final thought? If your small child missed school today because they were upset by uh, last night's Oscar events, talk to them. Tell them that celebrities lose their tempers, too, and that they are our heroes and we must forgive them. (laughs) Celebrities lose their tempers, too. (laughs) 
Well said, Michael. <laughs> Young Alex is our behind-the-scenes producer. Alex, final thought? Yeah, you brought up the New York Post with their title, A Good Slapter for uh, Will Smith's escapades last night. I also came up with Sting Richard, The Pursuit of Slappiness, and Five Fingers of Separation. I was thinking that it wasn't that many years ago that something like what happened at the Oscars last night would have been the most exciting thing and most consequential thing that happened all week. Because nothing consequential really ever happened. Just, you know, days and weeks and months would go by without really anything that giant going on. That's the way it used to be not that long ago. My final thought is that if they can promise me, I mean, an absolute guarantee that there is violence every year at the Oscars. Nah, still not going to watch. I oh, hate it. boy, that would be pretty good if they could tease it as one very famous person will assault another very famous person at some point during the show. Right. Not fake, either. We've we've lined up a couple of people who are really angry at each other, and we've got a special feature for you. Right. I'd be tempted. Meryl Streep's going to punch J-Law right in the face. Yes, for some reason. finally. <laughs> Armstrong and Getty wrapping up another grueling four-hour workday. So many people to thank so little time. Go to armstrongandgetty.com. We've got our hot links for you. You can email us, mailbag at armstrongandgetty.com. Pick up some A&G swag for your friends. They make excellent gifts. And, of course, if you miss a chunk of the show, you can grab the podcast at armstrongandgetty.com or wherever you like to download podcasts. If anybody mildly annoys you today, feel free to slap them really hard. It's the new thing. See you tomorrow. God bless America. This is a beautiful moment. I'm strong and getty. And they probably going to go go out and smoke a, a, a little weed, you know, get some beer, and even enjoy the rest of the night. There's like a different vibe in here. So everybody chill. We don't talk about Jada. Oh, wow, dude. I hope they didn't see that on TV. Yeah, I don't think so. Oh, just forget it. I'm going to, okay? Okay. Okay, sorry. On that high note, thank you all very much. Armstrong and Getty.